Welcome to episode 18 of the Princeton Podcast with Mayor Mark Frieda. In this episode, Mark caught up with Ed Tricelli, Princeton Community Housing's Executive Director. Ed described in detail how Princeton Community Housing develops, manages, and advocates for affordable, welcoming, and well-maintained homes, offering all people the opportunity to build more productive and fulfilling lives here in Princeton. Mark and Ed also discussed Princeton's affordable housing challenge and how the town is working to meet its obligations, including several currently planned developments that will include affordable housing. So without any further introduction, let's join our host, Mark Frieda, and his guest, Ed Tricelli, for episode 18 of the Princeton Podcast. Ed, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Good to talk with you. Yeah, it is good to see you. I appreciate you being here. Um, so why don't we start a little bit, and uh, why don't you tell us about Princeton Community Housing, I guess a little bit about its, uh, its history and its organization. Yeah, sure. I'd love to do that. Um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm very lucky to be part of Princeton Community Housing. I've been with uh, PCH for 10 years, but it's been around a, a lot longer than that. Um, back in 1967, um, the founders of PCH really wanted to champion housing as a human right. And um, many of the folks who founded PCH back then were members of organizations in the community, you know, such as the Houses of Worship, uh, the university, the institute, you know, the YWCA, uh, you know, many other organizations and really a cross-section of, of the community and hence the, the community in our middle name. Um, and again, as I said, the idea was really to um, provide people um, with quality, welcoming, affordable housing, uh, open and fair opportunities for that housing. And um, the vision of the organization um has been and continues to be that we see Princeton as a vibrant, uh, inclusive community that's home to persons of all income levels and backgrounds. Um, so today, you know, we've we've matured as an organization, and we have almost 500 rental apartments um, in in Princeton, and uh, most of those are in four communities. Some of which people in Princeton may be familiar with. Um, our first community was Princeton Community Village, which is up on Bun Drive, uh, across from Hilltop Park. And then we have um, two communities on or off of Elm Road, uh, Elm Court and uh, Harriet Bryan House. And, um, and then we also have a portion of the Griggs Farm community out on Cherry Valley Road. And that's a unique uh, community in that it's 50% um, affordable and 50% market rate uh, housing. So... It's one of the first, um, what we call inclusionary, because it includes affordable housing. It's one of the first inclusionary uh, um, communities um, in New Jersey. And as, uh, as many things in New Jersey go, Princeton you know, is, a, is a trailblazer in, uh, in that regard, too. So, um, so that's, that's a quick, uh, quick history of, of PCH. Yeah, thanks for that, Ed. And it, it is, I think I should just comment that PCH has provided so much to the community and a lot of opportunity for for a lot of people. But even even with that done, that kind of leads to my next question, which is, you know, in your mind, what is the need for affordable housing? Uh, I mean, locally, but what, you know, what are you seeing also on the national level? Yeah, it's um, again. I don't know if people may be fully aware of the magnitude of the need, but you know, let me let me start on the on the national level. 
and you know, this has just all been, this need has been exacerbated by, by the pandemic, but um, even before the pandemic, it, it, the statistics will, will show you and, you know, the National Low Income Housing Coalition is, is one of the big organizations um, that advocate for affordable housing. And they will tell you that, um, you know, for every 10 of the lowest uh, renter income families uh, in the nation, there are only uh, four apartments available. So, you know, that just tells you right there that there's an incredible uh, need for quality, affordable housing for low income folks. And it doesn't get any better, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the state uh, level. Um, it's actually uh, for every uh, 10 households, low income households in, in the New Jersey area, there's only three apartments available. So it is very, um, you know, very pronounced need for affordable housing. Um, Princeton Community Housing has waiting lists for the four, you know, communities that I mentioned, as well as some other um, affordable units that are scattered throughout town. Um, we have approximately um, 1,400 households on our waiting list. And that's households. That's not people. Um, and there are other, you know, organizations in town that have uh, or that provide affordable housing, the, the Housing Authority as one and uh, HIP housing initiatives of Princeton all organizations all of us have substantial waiting lists so um, you know people want to have safe housing and and they want to live in a town where there are many resources um, you know that can help them have a thriving and successful life no yeah definitely agree so let me ask the next question which uh, I I think we know the answer but we, but we we asked some questions just to help our listeners understand uh, some aspects of the discussion, but but why is providing quality affordable housing important? Wow, I can talk uh, I can talk for <laughs> hours about this, but I'll, I'll try to I'll try to be brief. Um, well, first of all, you know I think many maybe many people don't realize it's a constitutional obligation. Every municipality in New Jersey. Um, has to provide its fair share of, of affordable housing. So there's something called um, the Mount Laurel Doctrine, which was uh, established in the, um, the late or mid-1970s and then reaffirmed again in the early 1980s, which really states that um, municipality land use regulations have to um, basically provide affirmative actions to provide realistic opportunities for affordable housing. Um, this was in response to uh, many municipalities' um, goals uh, and, and directions to try and exclude affordable housing, frankly, um, you know, just because that was not uh, deemed desirable by those municipalities. So the court, um, New Jersey Supreme Court, established this constitutional obligation. So the first reason is um, because you have to, you, you know, you have to provide it. That's That's one thing. But you know, there are other reasons which I hope um, people would um, understand as well. And, you know, some of those uh, are, it's just, it's, it's part of fairness and equity and social justice, right? I think, um, you know, a lot of people, again, because of the pandemic may realize how closely tied good housing is to one's health. Um, if you don't have a, a safe, uh, welcoming place to to put your head at night um, a lot of other things just really deteriorate fast so you know 
health and, and housing are very tightly um, intertwined and, and related. So people really need to have a, a sound place to live. So I, I wouldn't call it maybe a moral obligation, but it's a, it's a quality, it's a, it's a quality of life. It's a fairness issue. And I think um, everybody I think has had an opportunity in their lives that they've benefited from. So where PCH is providing opportunities to people um, who then can take those opportunities and make something out of it, make something for their lives, make, make their lives better. Um, you know, and, and I think people also need to realize that, you know, living in Princeton um, specifically is a game changer. I mean, Princeton is, is one unique community in so many respects. I mean, we, we have so many resources here. The school systems are great. Um, you know, culturally, we have so many things to offer. There's so many organizations in town. It is a place that many people aspire to live in. And I think people who, um, you know, want to bring their children up in, in good schools and have all those resources, you know, that, that goes for people who live in affordable housing, too. You know, it's, we're, we're all looking to, to better our lives. And I think this is part of, part of it, um, affordable housing. Um, and, you know, some people might say, well, you know, affordable housing it brings down property values. Well, just the opposite. I, I think there's a lot of empirical evidence out there. In fact, um, there was a, a book written by um, a Princeton uh, faculty members uh, climbing Mount Laurel, which pointed out that um, there really wasn't any detrimental impacts on, on the community um, after um, the Ethel Lawrence homes were built in, in Mount Laurel. And that was actually, the Ethel Lawrence Holmes was actually the, um, the basis for the Mount Laurel Doctrine that I mentioned earlier. So, um, you know, there's a lot of good reasons to build and, and manage quality and welcoming affordable housing. And um, I think the last thing I'll say is we have residents who have benefited greatly from living in Princeton. I mean, if you look at our website, we have some profiles there. You can see that, you know, people have actually um, taken this opportunity to live in Princeton and done a lot with it. I mean, you know, one example that comes to mind is um, Danny Hanna, who is, you know, he graduated from Teachers College in New Jersey, and he's now working as a network operations engineer. And he, he credits his home environment where he lived at Princeton Community Village, you know, with, with allowing him to increase his, his knowledge and and confidence so we can, you know, take on life's challenges and succeed. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, just good stories that come out of this. I don't want to, you know, get lost in the, in the numbers and the obligations, but, um, you know, people actually succeed. And, and I think that's what this is all about, too. There's nothing wrong with helping people. And, and I think that's what, you know, gives me great satisfaction that I'm helping people do something with their life. Yeah. So, Ed, how do, uh, I guess the next natural question is, like, who's actually eligible for affordable rental housing in Princeton? Well, you know, it's open to everyone. I, you know, going back to the first thing, um, you know, about our mission and, and about affordable housing in general, it, it's really open to everyone. There's, you know, the, obviously anyone can apply, but there are, there are eligibility um, criteria. And most of those are, you know, regarding income. You have to have um, a certain uh, income range in order to be eligible for affordable housing. So, for example, um, here in Mercer County, or we, we are actually, Mercer County is part of a region in New Jersey, and um, according to the way the affordable housing regulations work um, on the state level, so it's all based on median income. So 
For example, um, in our region for a one-bedroom, one-person household, the median income is eighty-five, about $85,000. Um, so a low-income household would be 50% or less of that median income. Uh, a very low-income household would be 30% or less of that median income. And then a moderate um, household would be between 50 and 80% of, of that median income level. So right there, that kind of gives you a sense for a one-person household, you know, what, what kind of um, income range would, would apply. Um, and then, of course, you know, that changes based on, on the household size. So, you know, that's, that's the, the main criteria for determining if, if someone is um, eligible for affordable housing. But again, it's, it's open to everyone. Uh, there are no, no restrictions. That's the whole point. It has to be fair. Um, and we actually are obligated by state rules to affirmatively market um, affordable, um, available affordable uh, apartments to those who are actually least likely to apply. Um, so that may, uh, that may require us to target certain parts of the population. But, um, you know, those are the real uh, select criteria for um, eligibility. Right. So, okay. So you have the income uh, guidelines that are set by the state, uh, which determine, as you just said, whether it's low, very low. Mid anyway, but so that gets you whether you're, you're eligible. But then how, right. how, how's your rent determined if once you're in, in a unit? Yeah, that's a great question, too. Um, Generally speaking, you know, regardless of what way, you know, the affordable housing is financed, whether it's a state financing or a federal financing, um, generally what, what we try to do um, or what the rules tell you to do is people should be paying no more than 30% of their income uh, for, for housing costs. So um, whatever a resident's, I'm sorry, whatever an applicant's uh, income is, we're, we're we're, the rent is set based on 30% of that amount. And, and that's sort of a government rule of thumb that's been around for a long time that just says, you know, no more, of, no more than 30% of your, your, your income should be going toward housing because otherwise then you're, you're, you're burdened, your costs burdened, and you don't have enough money to do the other things, you know, buy food, uh, pay for health care, um, you know, save for, you know, a college education or a retirement. So, you know, that's the percentage that's been pegged by the, by the federal government uh, for, for housing costs. So it will, rank, it will vary depending on the applicant or when a person becomes a resident, that rent, may, you know, may change over time. Um, some of our programs uh, require a recertification of uh, a resident's income on an annual basis. So we'll take a look at what their income is. If it's changed, that rent may go up or down uh, accordingly. So, Is there a cap on... So let's say your income keeps increasing each each year. I mean, so then it's possible your rent's going to keep increasing each year, but again, within that 30% limit. Correct. Yeah. So one of the, well, let, let me just comment a little bit as, as mayor, as like housing in Princeton, right? Because I think one of the goals of affordable housing programs are A, provide housing for people that probably would not be able to get it out otherwise, give them a chance to create some equity, put equity away, and at some point move out of the affordable housing into whether you want to call it working class, middle class, whatever, whatever term you go by these days, um, and then you know, give, them a, give, give them a chance. And I think one of the big challenges in Princeton is that 
the housing in between the very expensive housing in Princeton and the affordable housing, that segment of the housing market keeps disappearing in Princeton. So people really have a hard time moving out of affordable housing if they want to stay in Princeton or even in the immediate area at this point. So that's just me adding an editorial input. And let me get back to my questions. Sorry, Ed, but thanks. Well, for if, I can, if I can add on to in. that, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think um, you, you may find that in Princeton, fewer people might be leaving rental housing because of what you just described, yeah. because it is so difficult. And you know, that's why organizations, hey, look, we all work together, so I don't mind, you know, plugging another organization here. But that's why somebody, an organization like Habitat um, is really important because then that opportunity for uh, home ownership is there and building that equity. Um, and there are other organizations that, that may be doing that, too. But you're right. Um, you know, there, there are examples. We've had our residents, um, you know, quote unquote, graduate, if you will, to home ownership. And we're, we're pleased when that happens. But it's it's a, it is a little bit more of a challenge to stay in Princeton because of you know the the, the appreciation of home values in, in Princeton. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's definitely a challenge. Um, yeah. All right. So let me ask you again another question that I think most people expect, which is how has the pandemic affected you know the residents of uh, you know PCH and and staff? Very very dramatically. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to believe, you know, when this all happened um, that it would, you know, we'd still be talking about it almost three years later. But, um, you know, I think what it what it has illustrated, though, is that PCH is not just about, you know, sticks and bricks. We're not just about providing, you know, quality housing. I keep using the word welcoming for a reason, and that's because we have um, – more than just you know walls and a roof we we have first of all uh, i'm blessed to to have a wonderful uh, set of colleagues on, on staff um, i'm blessed to have a, a great board of trustees very supportive um, and during the pandemic especially during the pandemic we were able to really show you know our capabilities in, in that regard um, we have um, social service coordinators who um, you know really help residents um, to um, address their their challenges that, that they may have. Um, actually, all of us, all of us on staff are really sort of unofficial social workers. We, you know, we are always trying to listen and help. And um, I think, again, that goes back to just wanting to help people. That's what, that, that's what motivates us. Um, but, you know, specifically to your question, I, I think, um, you know, many of our residents were impacted. Um, you know, they lost either their jobs or, or lost their, their earning potential. Um, and we were very, very for, fortunate to be in, in Princeton with uh, many, many partners who, you know, want to help people too. So we were able to work with uh, the Princeton Children's Fund at the beginning of the uh, pandemic to provide rent relief uh, to our residents um, subsequently, we've been working with Housing Initiatives of Princeton on that, um, and uh, now PCH has also established its own uh, pandemic uh, rent relief fund uh, through the generous donations of our supporters. So we've been able to keep folks in their unit, um, in their apartment, in their home. Um, food assistance we've provided through uh, many partners. I'll just mention a couple in terms of uh, Jewish Family and Children's Services, uh, arm in arm, um, they've been able and still are providing uh, food to to many of our our households. Um, and you know, again, what what we've really been able to do is 
augment what we've always been doing, which is, you know, providing that social service coordination. So, you know, dealing with the state and, and county resources in terms of uh, rental assistance and, um, you know, additional um, supportive services that are available. And, you know, that's, that's again, what, we're, what we do. We want to help people. Um, outside of the pandemic, you know, even though we weren't able to get together in person, we still are sustaining the programs that we've always had in place. Um, for example, at Elm Court and Harry Bryan House, you know, we've had uh, a history of providing programming for the, the seniors there, and we've been, we've been keeping that up quite a bit. We have a, what's called a congregate program over at uh, Elm Court and Harry Bryan House where um, seniors can get uh, light housekeeping services, uh, a personal aid on a limited basis, and some meals. Um, at PCV, Princeton Community Village, um, we are working with the YMCA um, we now have a, uh, a, a preschool program there in the mornings, and that um, supplements the after-school program that we've had there for decades. So um, these are just examples of how, you know, our staff and our partners in town, as well as the municipality, I don't want to forget the municipality's help as well, um, you know, the emergency services, uh, municipal officials, everybody you know, we've all, the health department, you know, my gosh, we've had so many um, opportunities to work together and help our residents, and we're, we're very grateful for that, too. Yeah, well, you know, the common theme that we find in a lot of these podcasts are people working together, and there's so many, so many groups in Princeton that do try to do that, which, which helps make the community a pretty special place. Um, yes. But, but it, you know, what's, what are um, some of PCH's goals over the next few years? Where, where are you guys headed? Well, yeah, I think more than anything else, we want to continue to enhance the quality of life uh, of our residents. And how are we going to do that? We're, we're going to do uh, that through some capital improvements, you know, making our, our built environments, uh, our buildings and communities, um, you know, better. Um, and we're going to continue to expand our social service uh, programming, uh, again, to provide people with the support that they need. Um, we're going to continue to advocate for more affordable housing, not only in Princeton, but throughout New Jersey. Um, and in that regard, you know, we're always looking for opportunities. Um, you know, the, the ADU ordinance is certainly one of interest to us, and we're, we're going to try and uh, pursue, you know, that with some enthusiasm, uh, accessible dwelling unit um, ordinance. You know, we, we want to uh, look at opportunities where we can weave um, affordable housing opportunities into, you know, the fabric of, of the community at large. Um, so, you know, we're looking to um, really just, you know, be better at what we do, but we also really want to focus on, on more opportunities for housing because of that need that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And, you know, I know the town is involved in a lot of things going on with uh, constructing new affordable housing. And, and I believe PCH is actually helping the town uh, meet its affordable housing obligation, right? So maybe you could tell, tell our listeners a little bit about that. Yeah, this is this is the one of the more exciting things I I, I like to talk about. We uh, we you know been working you know with the town and and to help meet that obligation, obviously with all the communities that we have. Um, but we're now uh, engaged in, in active construction, which I'm happy to say, up at uh, Princeton Community Village. Um, we're we're building 25 new uh, rental apartments, affordable rental apartments, and and we're also. Um, at the same time, really enhancing uh, the neighborhood, one, one of the neighborhoods at Princeton Community Village uh, to make some improvements. So, 
you know, we're benefiting both the existing residents and we're going to be bringing some, some new families in. Um, so uh, everything about uh, the building where the new 25 units will be located is uh, environmentally conscious. Uh, it's, uh, we're meeting, enterprise, meeting or exceeding enterprise green standards. So they'll, uh, they'll be all electric um, uh, heating, ventilation and air conditioning equipment, um, you know, energy efficient appliances, we're uh, ready to go for solar uh, panels uh, on the roof, um, you know, electric vehicle parking spaces, uh, stormwater management, you know, all the, all the things that make us um, sustainable and good stewards of, of the greater, you know, environment. Uh, but it's also great to be able to provide, you know, 25 new uh, homes, uh, and, and we're proud of that. Um, we're actually going to be kicking off um, the public phase of our capital campaign. Uh, the campaign is called Home Means Hope. And, um, you know, we've, we've been through uh, the silent phase or the quiet phase of our capital campaign. And um, actually, in, in the next coming days, we're going to be uh, going public with, with uh, many events that will um, provide more information about, you know, what we're doing up at Princeton Community Village and how people can can support uh, that effort. And, um, you know, so far we've been very successful in um, having some of our longtime supporters and trustees, um, you know, provide uh, financial support for this, for this project um, up at Princeton Community Village, but we're hoping the, the greater community will, will also provide some, some support as well. So, okay, so obviously that capital campaign is very important. Um, but Ed, are there other ways just like on a, you know, like on a yearly basis, on an annual basis, on a, anyway, just to, to help support the organization and the residents? Yeah, um, we have uh, generally around Thanksgiving or so, we uh, send out an annual appeal, which, as you mentioned, really is, is to help uh, sort of on an operational basis uh, sustain or enhance some of the social service programs that we offer uh, to residents, some of that I mentioned before. Um, so the, uh, that, in addition to the capital campaign, is sort of uh, an operational uh, support that we hope people will, will, uh, will uh, you know, be interested in, in taking part in that as well. So um, well, let me switch things up a little bit and just ask one or two questions about, about you. Okay. So, uh, you know, what is, your, what is your background professionally and... Um, and how does that impact on, you know, what you do every day? How, what, what's, what's the fit there? Well, you know, I started out actually, um, in, you know, I have an education and background in, in architecture, and um, I'm actually still licensed as an architect in New Jersey. But I, I realized, um, you know, not too, not too deep into my early career that, um, I, yeah, I, I wasn't as good a designer as some of the other people, but I... I had a desire to uh, bring people together, and and you know, your training as an architect um, kind of requires you to be a good listener and understand where, you know, where people's uh, ideas and thoughts are. So you know, I, I and I also wanted to help people. You know, my parents certainly had a huge impact on me, and um, you know, I can actually relate the story when my dad took me to. Um, you know, to see a uh, what I didn't know at the time was a. a a controlled fire, you know, one of the, the, the volunteer fire department was actually doing a controlled fire to do a training. I didn't know that at the time. It was a house. And I remember saying to my dad, where are the people going to live who are in that house? You know, they don't have a home anymore. 
And then he told me, you know, it was sort of a, a controlled, you know, test. So that had a huge impact on me. Just like, you know, if somebody doesn't have a place to live, what happens? So that's, I think that's why I got into architecture. And, and then I realized, you know, I really want to help people. So, um, you know, over the years, I've, I've had the opportunity to work for nonprofit organizations that have provided um, senior affordable housing and, and, and market rate senior housing. Um, I worked with Springpoint for years and actually had a a role in, in developing Stonebridge up in, in Montgomery. So, um, you know, now this this path has taken me to to here, to, to Princeton Community Housing, and, and I've really, as I said, I'm blessed and I'm, I'm glad to be here. And I think my, my background as, as an architect helps, you know, bring people together and keep things organized. At least I hope it does. So... <laughs> Ed, we wouldn't tell you different to your face, no. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, I know you mentioned it earlier, but I, but I, it's already escaped my mind. How long have you been at PCH? Uh, it'll be ten years. Yeah, it'll be ten years in July. Um, oh. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it, but uh, it is. I had more hair back at the beginning. That's about the only change. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just uh, um, let me ask you something. We don't have a lot of time left, but. Um, you know, in looking like what's happened with Princeton and how the affordable housing numbers for this round were really decided by the courts. And years ago, under state of New Jersey Department of Community Affairs, there was a, a department or group known as COA. And, you know, where you had people that were, I believe, mm -hmm. trained and whose day-to-day -day job was to try to figure out what housing obligations should be. So... I personally have a real problem with with judges trying to figure out how to suddenly become housing experts. I, I I don't mean to put you in a corner, but do you have any thoughts or comments on on that? Or well, boy, this is another thing I could talk about for for hours. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, yes, I I think you're absolutely right. I mean, right now, you know, the Council on Affordable Housing or, or COA you know, has been really a non-existent entity for, for many, many years um, and hasn't served its purpose, which was really to, um, you know, help implement the Mount Laurel Doctrine. Even when COA was around, there was a lot of, um, how shall I say this, uh, uh, doubt, uh, uncertainty about the methodology that was used by COA to determine um, what each municipality's obligation would be. So, COA wasn't perfect when it was around, and now that it's not around, it's not helpful. And you're right, we have, you know, the courts and, and judges and, and quote-unquote experts trying to figure out, you know, what each municipality is obligated to do. It is, it is not a very um, good system right now, I can say that. And um, I wish I had a good answer about a better system, but I know the current system is, is not one that's going to be sustainable. I think each municipality is, is frustrated. I think actually all parties involved in the process are frustrated with how it's being done right now. So hopefully, um, you know, the Governor Murphy or some other, you know, officials will, will come up with some better ideas. And, you know, we have some thoughts on that, uh, you know, as, our, as an organization. But it, it talk about consensus. We really, you know, are going to have to work hard to find it. But it right now the, the process is, you know, is very, um, very complicated and convoluted. And you know, the fourth round is coming up. We've been through the first three, but the fourth round is 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 on the threshold. And hopefully, there'll be some uh, resolution to how it's, you know, implemented. Yeah, a lot, lot of 
a lot going on, a lot of moving parts when it comes to affordable housing and giving people the opportunity that they need to have to to enjoy what a lot of people take for granted, which is, as you know, the safe, affordable place, a dwelling, a, pl a place to be. Yeah. Um, well, Ed, anyway, um, people that are interested in just seeing what's going on with PCH, I just want to make a plug. You guys, I'm sure, have a website. So if anyway, I just want to see what's happening. What do I, where do I go on a regular basis to see what's the latest? Well, yeah, you can go to our website, um, which would be pchhomes.org, pchhomes.org. Uh, you can go there. We also have a Facebook page. Um, I don't know the exact address of that, but if you go on Facebook you and do a search for PCH Homes or Princeton Community Housing, you will find uh, our uh, Facebook page. Um, and again, check. I would encourage folks to check in with our uh, website from time to time, especially as we gear up our capital campaign. Uh, but we have resident profiles. We have information for applicants, you know, people who are interested. Um, I forgot to mention... Um, you know, we worked very closely with the municipality on the universal uh, rental application, which really made it easier for folks to apply for affordable housing. So that link is on our website. And uh, there's all sorts, of, all sorts of information on our website about who we are and what we do. Ed, I want to I thank you for being here. I want to thank you and everybody that works for PCH, you know, for all the valuable services uh, that you provide to your residents. But, you know, it's for the community overall. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, Mayor. I appreciate uh, everything you do, and, and we're really grateful for all that the municipality and, and the people of Princeton do for us, so thank you. Thank you for joining us for the 18th episode of the Princeton Podcast, produced as a community service by HG Media, providing audio and video production services here in Princeton since 1999. If you enjoyed this episode of the Princeton Podcast, please share it with your friends and be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts.